Welcome to It's a Good Life, a podcast dedicated to helping you live your best one. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Welcome to It's a Good Life podcast, where it's all about feeling, thinking, and doing better. Today, I want to give you my best, my best advice for the good life. It comes in three little words, faith, hope, and love. So let's talk about these three things and how they allow you to get and enjoy the good life. Today's episode is going to be a little different than what I typically do. It was inspired by a recent interaction I had at an event I was speaking at. And so for the past 25 years, you know, I've traveled around the world and had a chance to speak to people in conferences and convention centers and whatever else. Many times after those conferences or presentations, I'll do a meet and greet. Most people are there, take a photo, say hello. A lot of them are people who've been to our events or in our coaching, and they want to pass on a good word to me or pass on to one of their coaches, you know, what's going on for them and how their life has improved. And so it's always a very rewarding time. And this time was no different. So we had 6,500 people in the MGM Grand. Fantastic audience. I spoke for about an hour and 10 minutes. And then I got a chance to do some Q&A. So we hand out microphones to 6,500 people. You never know what they're going to ask. And we had a fantastic time, got a chance to answer some questions, interact with some people, and it was a blast. Now, unfortunately, there was a bit of a mix-up between when I left the stage and the opening of the convention center exhibit hall, which is normally where I do a meet and greet, and people would stand and all that kind of good stuff. So I ended up having to get on a plane. So I wasn't going to be able to do the meet and greet this time. So what happened was this woman comes back to see me. I'm walking back towards the green room, right? And the MGM Grand, that's where they hold the Billboard Music Awards and whatever else. So they have all the dressing rooms and all the pictures of all the bands and Madonna and whoever else has been there. And the real estate speaker, you know. And so I'm there. And this gal, she's somehow gotten past the MGM Grand security. And you have to kind of be a bit of a ninja to do that. She's gotten past the security guards. She's got backstage, which are where she's not supposed to be. She's run down this hall. Now, On one hand, you know, sometimes we've had some things over the time that weren't the most savory things in the world where somebody's, you know, got a bit of an issue or whatever, whatever's going on, who knows. But this gal, it was apparent from the look on her face and the thing she said, I just got to talk to you. And so, you know, that's what I do. That's what I love to do. So we're trying to run for the flight. I asked my staff, hey, give me a second. Let me talk to this person. So as she starts opening up, you know, my heart sank. She had a very difficult situation going on. You know, whatever reason, she wanted to talk to me. I always kind of listen intently. Now, a lot of times I have this situation going on. I listen intently, find out what the problem is. I don't usually have a lot of time. I'll give whatever encouraging words I can, and then I'll refer a book, and I'll take a person's business card, whatever else, write something on the back. I might write a note, but I'll have my assistant, Jeanette, send out a book that might be a much more thoughtful approach to the solution than, hey, I'm going to give you kind of the 30 seconds of homespun wisdom and send you on your way. Well. This gal, like I said, she had a big problem. I believe that there was a a spiritual challenge going on as well as the circumstances she was dealing. And I says to her, you know, hey, do you have a faith of any sort? You know, because I don't proselytize people when I talk no more than I do here in this forum. But she kind of responded abruptly. She goes, I'm a science and reason person. And so I don't mess with faith. And at that moment, I'm standing there and I really want to help this gal. I really have a heart to help her. And I realized she wanted some pop psychology how-tos that are good things, that are all helpful things. That's what she wanted from me. And I knew that wasn't going to help her. I'm standing there, and I'm not a fellow who's lost for words very often, 
but I quickly became lost for words. I tried to engage her, you know, a couple of different ways or whatever else. But she was stuck in her thinking, stuck where she was, stuck where she's at, but looking for a solution. But the solution had to be what she already had kind of prepackaged and wanted. And what she was actually asking of me was, can you tell me what I already think so I can kind of stay where I'm at? Again, I'm trying to give you guys context for those who maybe don't know or whatever else or have been exposed to me. You know, I meet a lot of people. And if I do a meet and greet, I'd be there for hours and hours meeting people. Hundreds and hundreds of people will wait to have a chat or say hello or whatever. But when I went away that day, it's funny. I only had one person to meet and greet instead of thousands. But I was just troubled. I was just troubled. And I was troubled in my sleep. And I was troubled for the next few nights in my sleep. And I realized that I couldn't share with her the very best I had. I couldn't give her my best because my best is all inclusive. You know, I talk about five circles, spiritual and family and business, financial and personal. And I realized I couldn't give her my best. I also realized that I didn't talk to her about what I thought was the best because how challenging it is to talk about matters of faith with somebody, especially someone who's not particularly interested or open to it. Today, what I've decided is I'm going to give you my best. That's what the title of today's show is. And uh, I'm going to try to give you my best. So this episode today is for anyone listening who's dealing with any heartache, any difficulty, any doubts, any depression, any anxiety, any stress, or maybe you just feel like the whole world's going to hell in the handbasket, and easy to do that. You know, think about it. I grew up watching all the World War II movies. I never thought I'd be alive to see tanks rolling into streets again in Europe. And here we are, and we have all these different things going on, and politics, and divisions, and this and that and the other. It's just a strange old time. And so I thought, if I had a chance, inspired by that lady, to give somebody my best, and through this vehicle, which I really appreciate, is a very intimate form of communication. You know, there's hundreds of thousands of people listening to this show a month. But what's wild about it is this is a very personal thing. Right now, you're probably out walking your dog, or you're in your car, you're going for a jog, or whatever you do. And so what's wild is that I can have a personal conversation with a whole lot of people at one time. And what I want to do today is give you my very best. If you're feeling it, if you're not feeling your best, I want to give you three things that have really helped me. And I will say this, if somebody tells you they've come up with a new principle, they're selling you something. You know, I mean, the best stuff I have, I've never created anything in my life. The best stuff I have are old principles and practices that I've applied to my life, try to figure some things out and sometimes come up with a way to be able to live it or communicate it in a way that's kind of straightforward. So I've got three things today to talk to you about. It's very innovative. You've never heard this before. I want to talk to you about faith, hope, and love. A new, new invention. Brand new innovation here. And I want to talk to you, starting out, about the three types of faith. And I am going to talk to you about a faith in God. But I'm also going to talk to you about having a faith in yourself. And then ultimately, how to have a faith in others. And I think this is the stuff that makes for a good life, I think. Faith, by its very definition, is, you know, good old Webster says, it's the evidence of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. One of my all-time favorite definitions out of Webster's Dictionary. It's the evidence of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So I want to say this. In my life, when things don't make sense, when I'm upside down, anxious and stressed, when I don't know, if I think the world's going to heck in a handbasket, if things just don't make sense, or just one strange, bizarre setback after another, you know, for me, when life goes upside down, I turn to my faith in God. That's what I do. And I don't know what other people do. And I know what a lot of people end up doing. You know, maybe two bottles of wine will take care of it. The eight glasses of Guinness, maybe the 24 hours on Netflix or all the other things that people get up to that I don't want to get into. 
And as our society becomes increasingly secular, where mankind has the answers for everything, you know, I just find that mankind doesn't have a lot of answers for everything when you really need it. Some people put their faith in government. Some people put their faith in the daytime talk shows or the latest book that came out. And again, there's a lot of good in all of this stuff. But when life really gets down to it, when I'm really brought to that spot in my own life, where things don't make sense, where I'm struggling with myself, or I'm my own onboard terrorist, when I've been one setback after another and I'm looking for a bit of a break, for me, that's where I go. You know, it was interesting, I was thinking about when the gal said, I'm interested in science and reason. And I was wondering, I was thinking about it, because I'm kind of a reasonable person, and I really enjoy science. And, and, and then I thought, oh, because that's a very common thing today, where people think those two are the, the opposite. You know, Albert Einstein, I think we'd all agree, is a pretty smart cookie. In our modern world, he'd be considered, you know, an icon for his brilliance and his brain and mathematics. And Well, Einstein's idol, like the guy he looked up to as the greatest of all time. And he said at the end of his life, he understood less than 5% of what Isaac Newton had discovered. That was his hero. And that guy, people always think of gravity and so on and so forth, but Isaac Newton's considered the greatest mathematician, physicist, astronomer, and alchemist in the history of mankind. But what's interesting is when Isaac Newton, when you want to know what his profession was, he was a theologian. That's what he did. That's what he knew. And in studying theology, that's where he came up with all these great discoveries. He was a scientist. Now, I'm not saying, oh, because one of the smartest guys who ever lived believe in God, you should do it. But I'm just saying that when people say that science and reason is outside the realm of faith, it's just a very, very small view of faith. It's viewing faith like a superstition, like a rabbit's foot, like a crutch. And I'm just saying, you know, it's something far deeper to me than that, and for an awful lot of people. I just think it's it's important thing. Another brilliant mathematician, and I'm really digging deep here, Ludwig Wittgenstein. How about that? And he was known as one of the greatest mathematicians in recent history. He said, to believe in a God means to see that the facts of the world are not the end of the matter. And that's the deal. And there's a whole bunch of things in this life that don't make sense. And my mother used to say, God only knows. I was just on the phone with her a minute ago. And she's right. And that's where the place of faith comes. And I think, you know, if I'm looking at that, and not just in response to that lady, this is something that's been brewing in me for quite some time, and all the people going through all the difficulties, because I really pour myself into trying to help folks. And I would just say, without this little piece, you're missing a big piece. And it would be something to take a good long look at. You know, I was babysitting my grandkids, and they're, you know, four and two. And they came back from their preschool or whatever, and they were singing the song, he's got the whole world in his hands, he's got the whole world. And I thought, you know, that's pretty good stuff right there. You know, and they talk about having the faith of a child. And I thought, you know, that's a pretty good way. If, if I actually believed in that, if I actually committed to that in my faith and believed that God had the whole world in his hands, maybe I wouldn't be so anxious. Maybe I wouldn't be so stressed out. Maybe I wouldn't be trying to consume massive quantities of news and then have massive conversations with people where I'm trying to convince people of a certain philosophical viewpoint or political viewpoint or whatever else. So the best thing I want to share with you today, he's got the whole world in his hands. My four-year-old grandson gave me that. If I could see that gal again, I'd give her a hug and that's all I tell her. That's all I tell her. And she can still jump into the science and reason all she wants. If I'm going to give you the very best I have, faith is the first part of it. And it starts for me in a hierarchy with a faith in God. And once I have that, now I can go to the second one for me, which is faith in self. One of my favorite quotes of all time is from Helen Keller, a brilliant woman 
who had obstacles I will never experience in my life, she has overcome. And she said, optimism is the faith that leads to achievement. Nothing else can be done without hope and confidence. And we're going to talk about hope here in a minute. You know, it's easy to lose confidence in yourself. I've talked about this in many environments. I've owned 47 businesses. 46 of them made money. You know, that's a pretty good average. You know, if I was a baseball player, that'd get you in the Hall of Fame. However, the biggest mistake I made in business that was a failure, and it was a total failure, it wasn't the money I lost. It wasn't the circumstances it brought. The biggest casualty in that whole thing was I lost my confidence. And the interesting part was it took a number of years to work through that, a number of years. I used to say it took six hours to put a bad deal together and six years to recover from it. What shook was my faith in myself. And the reason is, what was my faith in myself based on? And was it based on the fact that I hadn't lost? Was it based on the fact that maybe a little more overconfident and a little perhaps prideful? And I, oh yeah, I see the obstacles here, but I'm going to go overcome them. You know, figuring that out and then coming around to really having faith in yourself. It's a big deal. It's a big deal, especially as you face the future. It's important to know who you are. It's important to know what you're not. You know, that's real important. And it's also important to know why you're doing the things you're doing. And if you do that, it's amazing how you can withstand so much. My word for the year has been fitness. I've been working on physical fitness, mental fitness, emotional fitness, spiritual fitness, getting my business fit in every area of my life. And one of the things I think that requires for a bit of fitness is some self-belief and a bit of self-confidence. One of the things I always share with people to try to encourage them is to remember those things in their past they accomplished and the things that brought them a sense of accomplishment and gratitude. Years ago, another interaction with a lady at a conference, I was in Georgia, and we had a big, long meet and greet. And at the end of that time, there was one lady, and she was hanging out till everybody was gone. And this gal walked up to me, and she looked like she looked like she should be a senator. She was just, she was a, maybe in her early 50s, just totally well put together, very attractive lady, wearing really nice clothes. And in her conversation, her talking with me, she was extremely articulate. Uh, okay, I need to take notes from this gal. But I also been at this game a long time. Why was she waiting until the very end to talk to me? And it was because, you know, here she was. About four months before, her husband had walked out on her. She had two adult kids. She goes, I haven't worked outside the house in 20 years. I've always had my real estate license, and now here I am at a real estate office. The next thing you know, she just comes unglued, just falls apart, falling her eyes out. What is not exactly the type of thing you want. You know, I'm doing a seminar for two days to try to build people up, and at the end of the two days, this is not the reaction you're looking for, but this is what her reaction was. So I started asking her about herself and her life and everything else. And sure enough, she has these two great kids. One of them's a doctor and one of them's a lawyer. And the one daughter said, hey, mom, we want you to come and live with us and so on and so forth. And the more I started asking, well, what have you done? When you were raising the kids, what you do? And next thing you know, she's telling me, but she involved in the PTA and she raised the money to build a gym and she did this. And that. But when she fell apart talking to me, she goes, I just don't know if I can do anything. And these people are having to trust me to help them buy a house. And I why would they put their confidence in me? I have no confidence in me. My husband just left me. And again, what happened was her identity got smashed in who she was. And I started asking her questions about her path and to start talking about these things she'd accomplished. The fact that she had two great kids, the fact that her kids wanted her to live with her, the fact that, you know, she'd raised the money for the PTA and done the gym and done this and done that and done all these different things in her community and everything else. And I thought, you're a remarkably accomplished woman who's doing all that while doing the most difficult job 
on planet Earth is raising kids. It wasn't a Benny Hinn moment where she was cured and went on and never had a bad day again. But I could see the light in her eyes going, you know, he's right. And what I was right about was reminding her of the things she'd done in her past. And I believe those are the things that we can hang on to. And that's where the affirmation I talk about all the time says, I did it before, I can do it again. You built a business before, you can do it again. You made money before, you can do it again. You paid off debt before, you can do it again. You lost weight before, you can do it again. Maybe your relationships are frayed and strained. Well, you had good relationships, you can do it again. It's all possible. And that's why it's a good life, because it's all possible. And so it's very, very important. And it's important as you have faith in yourself that you don't have a false belief in yourself. You know, I had a business partner one time who desperately wanted the gifts I had. Now, like I say, every gift comes with a burden. And he spent most of his career trying to be like Brian. And, you know, here's the thing. Brian was spending a lot of time trying not to be like Brian. And this guy ruined himself, ended up in bankruptcy and everything else, trying to have somebody else's gifts. His faith in himself was in the faith he saw in an image of somebody else. So we got to get that feedback. We need to know who we are. We need to know what we are. We need to know, okay, and this is where it goes back to faith in God. Who's God made me to be? What are the gifts and talents he's blessed me with? And then who does he want me to serve? To me, you get those questions figured out. I think you can have a good life. I think you can have a good life. And those are questions that I ask God all the time. Who have you made me to be? What are the gifts and talents you bless me with? And who do you want me to serve? Just because I can do a lot of things doesn't mean I should. Sometimes you can get answers from other people. Sometimes you can get some feedback from the market. Your gifts, when you're really inside your gifts, first of all, it feels easy. Usually a person's giftedness shows up this way. When you see somebody struggling with something that comes real easy to you, and you go, I don't understand why they can't do that. Well, you're actually expressing a gift and something that you've done. And the more we lean into those gifts, the more confidence you'll have in yourself, you know? Like I mentioned in that conference, we handed out microphones to the 6,500 people. And, you know, I'd prepared a great presentation and I got great feedback. Oh, Brian, you were never better than this and any other. And I'll be honest with you, I had no sense of anything when I was finishing up that presentation, you know, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. But when I handed out the microphones to the audience and I started interacting with the people, boy, that went off like a tuning fork inside of me. And when I left the stage, that was the stuff that blessed me because that was inside my gifts. You know, to be able to interact with people and talk to them in that capacity, be able to answer their questions in such a way I might be able to answer several hundred people's questions at the same time. So when we do those things that are inside our gifts, a little tuning fork goes off. You get good feedback. You'll hear from others. Sometimes you'll discover some people struggling with something that comes pretty easy to you. And ultimately, that faith in self should leave you with an even greater sense of resolve and that self-belief for the decisions you need to make in the future about the gifts you have, how to use them, and who to use them with. Third part about faith here is having faith in others. You know, the personal growth and development journey is not a solitary journey. You can consume it in a solitary fashion. Most of you are probably listening by yourself, listening to this podcast. You can read a book by yourself. You can listen to classes or watch things on YouTube by yourself. But the fact of the matter is faith in others is one of the key components. And that's why, to me, it's this trilogy of things. Faith in God, faith in myself, I have faith in others. When you serve others, that's to me is really you talk about the good life. It usually shows up in service to other people in some way. And so then it's a matter of, okay, what does that look like? And, and this is a big deal. Like, you know, the entire referral system I've been teaching for 26 years is actually based on a business methodology of generating referrals, exceeding people's expectations. But it's based on a faith. 
on the faith that if I do really good for people, they're going to be so thankful and appreciative, they're going to tell their friends. And that's why there's some people that they can't handle this working by referral system. There's people who go, no, I talked to a man here recently, he's spending $10,000 a month on advertising with Zillow. And he said to me, he was actually very insightful. It's too anxious for me to have to wait for all my business to come from other people. I just don't have that kind of faith in people. And I thought, that guy's actually got a brilliant understanding of the referral systems more than most people. Because you ultimately have to have faith in other people. I'm going to do good stuff. I'm going to exceed people's expectations. I'm going to do a good job for them. And I'm going to trust. I'm going to have faith in people that if I do a good job for people, they're going to tell their friends. You know, without that kind of faith in others, uh, this system will never work. And that's why it's wild. You know, here's this guy. He's spending a fortune. Why? Because he thinks he can control the advertising. And he doesn't feel like the other is something he can control. You know, here we are. We have 22,000 plus members in our programs at Buffini Company. The average client we coach earns 10 times that of the peers. Now think about it. So we're doing this with thousands and thousands of people. And the average is 10 times that of their peers. Well, Japers, there must be something to it. And there is. And it's a nice system and all that kind of stuff. But it actually requires that you have a bit of faith in people. And by the way, when you have a bit of faith in people, and people will let you down. People will come up short. People make mistakes. People will drive you crazy. You know, they say all the time, business is easy, people are hard. That's true. But I will say this, when people come through for you, when people do reciprocate, when people do refer you, it's the greatest feeling in the world. That's the greatest feeling in the world. And that's why it's worth the sacrifice and it's worth the struggle. And you just need more people because you got to kiss a few frogs to find a prince or a princess once in a while. So there it is, faith in God, faith in self, faith in others. That's some of the best stuff I have. So we've covered faith. But wait, there's more. The best parts are still coming. Hope and love. So join me Thursday, where I'll talk about how hope can get you to the good life and love allows you to get the most out of it. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. Until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.